Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today is Q&A Tuesday. So we're going to go over some of the main questions that I got this week on Instagram, in my inbox, things that popped out at me that were kind of like, you know what, you're not the only one having this issue. You're not the only one with this question. You are not the only one with this challenge. I want to talk to everybody about this question because it's one I get all the time. And I want to make sure that not just one person gets the answer, but it's an answer that can help out lots of moms and dads out there who are experiencing similar issues. So that's why we have Q&A Tuesday, and that's what we're going to jump right into today. First question that I pulled out for today, how do I get my almost four month old to take longer naps? She only ever naps 30 minutes at a time. We have another episode of the podcast about short naps, and we have a blog on this too. The thing is, there are a few different ways we can look at extending your baby's naps, but the first thing we have to keep in mind, particularly with this question, is the baby's age. Is the baby really developmentally ready to take longer naps? Sometimes the answer is no, especially if that child is only three or four months of age. Most children take short naps until they are closer to four and a half or five months. Yes, in the very early stages of your child being a newborn, they will often take like a three hour nap in the middle of the day. But as they near beyond sort of the two month mark into three months and four, it's very normal that your child doesn't have incredibly long daytime naps and their naps are quite short. It's often not until about four and a half or five months that your child is developmentally ready to consolidate their daytime sleep and take longer naps. In the meantime, there are some things you can work on. The two most important things to be working on in terms of getting your child to have longer naps are awake times, proper awake times, and avoiding sleep crutches. So in terms of proper awake times, we're talking about the amount of time that your baby can be awake before they need to be sleeping again, before they're going to be overtired. So for a three month old, that's only about an hour and a quarter, maybe an hour and a half of awake time before you're putting them down for another nap. For a four month old, maybe we're doing a little bit more like an hour and a half to an hour 45, but not more than that. If your baby goes into their crib already super overtired from having been awake for too long, they're much more likely to take a short nap. So really try to keep those wake windows in mind. Check out the Happy Sleep Company on Instagram because we have a lot of resources that will guide you about age-appropriate wake windows for your baby. And that can be an important thing to keep in mind if you're experiencing those short naps. The other thing is sleep props. Rocking to sleep, feeding to sleep, pacifier to sleep, bouncing vigorously on a yoga ball to get your baby to sleep. All of these things will get your baby to sleep. But if you're having to always do those things to get your baby to sleep and you're finding that your baby is having quite short naps, that could be the culprit because your baby needs the rocking or the feeding or the pacifier or the bouncing to get to sleep. So of course, when they're in a light stage of sleep around 30 to 45 minutes later, they need that thing in order to get back to sleep again where the nap is just done. They're just up. They went through a light stage of sleep after one sleep cycle, which is 45 minutes for a baby. And now they're awake. They don't have that thing that put them to sleep in the first place. So this nap is done. 
So that's why we often recommend avoiding the sleep props because it can help your baby start to extend their sleeps, their daytime sleeps, if they go to sleep independently and therefore have the skills to go back to sleep independently when they're in that light stage of sleep around the 30 to 45 minute mark in a nap. But with all of that said, this question was about a four month old. So once again, give your baby some time. Even if you have all the quote unquote right stuff in place, a four month old might still take short naps and often children will start to take those longer naps around four and a half or five months when they have great sleep skills, but they're also just developmentally ready to do so. Next question for today, how many hours of sleep should my seven and a half month old get in a day? I pulled this one out because it's a really specific age that this mom is asking about seven and a half months, but it's also a very interesting age for nap transitions. Some seven and a half month olds still need three naps a day. Some are ready for a two nap schedule, but they pretty much need the same amount of daytime sleep. They just need their awake times distributed differently. So some seven and a half month olds can only handle like two to two and a half hours of awake time between their naps. That's not enough awake time to get your baby to an appropriate bedtime on just two naps. So that baby needs a third nap in the day. Some seven and a half month olds aren't tired enough with just two to two and a half hours of awake time and they need more like two and a half to three. That baby can get on a two nap schedule because they have enough awake time between their naps to get to bedtime on just a two nap schedule. But both of those seven and a half month olds need somewhere between three and four hours of daytime sleep. So that's what we're aiming for with a seven and a half month old. Probably a little closer to four for a lot of children that age, but somewhere between three and four hours of daytime sleep is what we're looking at for that age. Next question, can I still sleep train my 11 month old or is it too late? He's only ever known co-sleeping. You can absolutely look at sleep coaching for your 11 month old. It is never too late to instill healthy sleep habits with your child. We at the Happy Sleep Company work with children from 14 weeks to six years of age, and it is not uncommon that we are working with three-year-olds, four-year-olds, and yes, certainly 11-month-olds. Is the strategy different when you are working with a six-month-old versus a three-year-old? Yes, it is very different because a three-year-old can walk and talk and get out of their bed. And so the strategy that we have to use is really different. It's also different because there are more opportunities with a three-year-old in terms of their ability to be reasoned with to have that higher level of comprehension where they can understand things like age-appropriate rewards and consequences. So there are some opportunities in sleep coaching an older child too. When it comes to your 11-month-old, no, they're not a preschooler yet. No, their level of reasoning isn't there yet, but you can still sleep coach them and you can still be there for them and you can still do this in a way if they've only ever co-slept for almost a year now and you want to teach your child independent sleep skills and get them comfortable sleeping in a crib there is a way to do that where we're supportive and we're guiding your little one and yes there are going to be tears involved if your child has had almost a year to get used to one way of going to sleep and now we're going to ask him to learn a brand new way in a new place which is his crib there are going to be tears involved in sleep coaching. But the important thing is managing the tears in a way that your little one isn't just left alone for huge extended periods of time with no support, but that you can hear your voice 
and he can feel your touch and he can have a hug if he needs a hug so that he's learning in a positive way. So definitely not too late to look at sleep coaching if your child's just 11 months old. At what age do you cut out naps completely is the next question that I looked at for today. So here's the thing, hopefully you as a parent don't have to cut the nap out. Your child cuts it out for you because they get to an age where they just don't need it anymore. And that age is usually between three and four. So some children will drop their nap a little bit sooner. Some children will drop their nap around two and a half years of age, but that's a little more rare. Many children need a nap until they're somewhere between three and four years of age. And that is when you will notice that your child probably doesn't need a nap anymore. And how will you notice that? Well, when you put them down for their nap, instead of going down fairly easily like they used to, they will sing in their crib or their bed for like an hour instead of falling asleep. Or when they do finally fall asleep, they'll have a very short nap, like only 30 minutes. And if they have even a 30 minute nap, they have a really hard time going down at their usual bedtime. Sometimes this just means you need to make the bedtime a little later. So if your three-year-old is still taking an hour long nap in the middle of the day, probably they need to be going to bed a little later than 6.37 p.m. They're probably not tired enough at 6.37 p.m. to go to bed at that point. So they may still need their hour long nap in the middle of the day, but their bedtime might need to be closer to 7.45, 8 o'clock. But if your three-year-old is still taking an hour-long nap and going to bed around 7.45, 8 o'clock and still having trouble going to sleep at that time, it's probably time that you cut the nap. And that's where this question is coming from. What age do you cut the nap altogether at? So you cut it usually between three and four years if your child is having a lot of trouble going down at an age-appropriate time for bed which would be somewhere between 7 and 8 p.m. for a three to four year old. So if your child can't go down relatively easily around that time and they're still taking a nap, it's probably time to cut their nap. And then we're actually doing a little bit earlier bedtime for a while as your child's body clock adjusts to not having a nap anymore. So if instead you're gonna keep your child awake in the middle of the day and maybe just give them some quiet time with you to do some puzzles or some reading, and we're not going to nap them, as their body gets used to that, you're probably going to need to put them to bed more like 6.30, maybe even 6 p.m. if they're looking really, really tired. And then over the course of a few weeks or a month, they should be able to adjust to that and start having more like a 6.45, 7 p.m. bedtime with no nap in the middle of the day. And of course, most kindergartens don't offer a nap. And in most provinces in Ontario, we have junior kindergarten, which children start at age four. And so if your child is going to kindergarten at age four and the kindergarten does not offer a nap, you may want to cut the nap a little bit before they head to kindergarten, maybe a month before. So their body clock adjusts to not having a nap before kindergarten just cuts it all together anyway. And the last question for today was, I live in Ottawa. What's the best TOG option for my child's sleep bag? And I thought this was a cute question because I live in Ottawa too, and it gets really, really cold here. So if you don't live in Ottawa, then let me just tell you, I think at some point in history, and maybe still, I don't know, don't quote me on this, I think we were like the coldest nation's capital in the world. I think maybe we have some kind of record there. We're definitely among the coldest nation's capitals in the world. It's cold here in the winter. January, February, we don't go out much. It's really cold. And so if you don't live in Ottawa, maybe you're not knowing where this question is coming from. If you do live in Ottawa, you know exactly what this mom is talking about. It's cold here. So what tog of sleep bag do you use? 
So the important thing to know is what is tog. Tog is the unit of thickness that we use to measure how thick or warm a sleep bag is. And it might go as low as 0.5 tog, and it might go as high or as thick as like 2.5 or 3.5 tog. But here's the thing in regards to this question. It's not necessarily about where you live. It's about how warm you keep your home or how cool you keep your home. And that's different for everybody. My husband and I have thermostat wars because I am always cold and I like to turn the thermostat up and I like our house to be warmer and he is frugal, we'll call it, and he likes to keep the temperature really low so we're not using as much heat and money. So often our house is really cool and when my little girl was really little, we used like a 2.5 tog sleep bag in the winter months, which is a pretty thick sleep bag, almost feels like a little duvet on your baby because our house was quite chilly. So you might need a thicker one like that if your house is cooler, but maybe you live in Ottawa, but you keep your house really, really warm, even in January or February, then you might need a thinner sleep sack or a lower tog. Often too, it depends on naps versus nights. A lot of times our houses are warmer during the day, so you might need a lower tog for naps and you might need a higher tog for nighttime when your house is cooler. There are some great resources online that you can look at to determine what to dress your baby in under their sleep sack, depending on what tog you do go with. So that's really helpful information too, because it's not just about what tog is the sleep sack, it's about what are you putting your baby in under the sleep sack? Long sleeves with no pants, long sleeves and long pants, just a diaper if it's the middle of the summer and you're using a really thin sleep sack and nothing but a diaper because it's the middle of August and it's really hot. So that's important too. So we will put a link in the show notes to a really great resource that can help you look at, okay, this is the temperature in my baby's room in my individual home. This is the thickness of my baby's sleep sacks. This is what I'm going to dress them in under their sleep sack, depending on the day, the time of year, and what temperature we do keep our own home. So that's the deal on TOG. And that's a wrap up for today. Those are the top five questions for the week. I hope you enjoyed Q&A Tuesday. I hope it was helpful for you. I always like to put in a really nice variety of questions if I can, so that I know at least one of those touches on just about everybody who's listening and you've somewhere along the line had that question or going to have that question. So hopefully at least one or more of those helps you out for this week and have a great one and tune in again next week to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep podcast. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.